What happened last week? Well, we took it on the chin. Everything took it on the chin last week. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcadia Economics. And once again, it's time for Vince Lancey's weekly silver report. For this week, amongst other things, he talks about what happened with the sell-off in the silver price last week. So let's turn it over to Vince. Good afternoon, I'm Vince for Arcadia Economics. And we're going to be talking about silver today. We'll do a market recap, touch on what happened last week, including the dollar strength and the PGM weakness. We're going to go through the price drivers of last week. This will be a little bit of hand-holding. So we wrap our heads around what's going on uh, and prepare for what's coming. There's another wave of CTA short selling. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, you can see the headlines there. Touch on the commitment of traders reports or lack thereof. Uh, there's a, a report that I saw uh, that China holds a lot more gold. Uh, they say we've known that, but it's it's a good read. There's a Paulson interview that I found, uh, and it's worth looking at, not for the usual gold's going up stuff, which, you know, we know that will happen, but his takes on the economy and how you can, if he's right, what will happen is we'll go lower and then we'll go higher, which, you know, that's neither here nor there, but his reasons for it are sound. Okay, the week ahead data, Fed speakers, uh, how stocks will weigh on silver, and we're going to watch the EFP. Now, why am I getting into all that granular stuff? Because I'm in the market to buy a thousand uh, ounce bar, a brick, as as I call it. So I'm in the market to buy a brick, and uh, I checked with Chris when we were trading 24, but the premiums were a little too high for me then. The premiums have since come in along with price. And now I'm looking at price. Typically, I'll get into the market. Just to touch on that, I'll get into the market by buying physical, and then I'll speculate futures long. And then we get to the top. If I'm right, I'll sell the futures out, and then I'll get a little bit short. I wasn't short silver this time down. I was short gold. Got to learn to trade both sides. All right, so let me get to it. What happened last week? Well, we took it on the chin. Everything took it on the chin last week. Uh, stocks more than most. Uh, but what happened last week was you had a revelation or, or a realization by the risk on crowd, and that affects silver as well, that since December and January, you had, uh, you know, had a lot of evidence that inflation was receding in the U.S. And perhaps things were clearing up for monetary policy, you know, uh, pivot, there was hope for pivot. Uh, and then when that was trashed, there was hope for stopping, you know, 75, 50, 25 basis points. And, you know, the, the hope sprang eternal. I'm speaking about the equity side now, not the silver side. But when I say equities, think silver, because silver is trading like stock right now, not like gold. And gold's actually trading like silver now. But anyway, uh, so what we're getting at is uh, China reopening right? People were starting to go, oh, China's reopening, and the Fed's done tightening, and Europe might be uh, uh, clearing up a little bit. That got people bullish. That was the wrong reason to be bullish. And it was wrong because China reopening, if you believe the Fed is diligent about inflation, or at least are trying to be, and they're not just 
paying lip service politically, then you have to understand China reopening creates inflation for us. You're clearing you know, the bar of recession creates inflation for us. So if you don't believe Powell is doing anything that he says he's going to do, then you buy stocks and you buy silver and you buy gold and you buy everything. If you do believe it, then he's going to look at uh, his policy as counter cyclical to what's going on in the rest of the world. And that's what the marketplace kind of figured it out. And they figured it out after two successive reports, two successive weeks in February that uh, just crapped on that narrative. And there was, you know, reports, uh, uh, CPI, in this order, right? CPI, PPI, PSE, PCE, and, uh, and the jobs numbers. Uh, and they all came out saying the economy was doing better than we think. And, and, and this is the reason why I'm uh, bullish on Powell sting to his guns. And I have been. Uh, the end. The Fed, when they were raising rates, said, I don't have it in front of me now, but they said, we believe we're going to be able to control inflation, not on the good side, because we can't bring supply over here. We can't increase supply. We can't have stuff delivered here. But we can uh, get wages under control, and we can get services under control. So that would be labor, wages, and housing. Well, fast forward, inflation did come down. It came down because of gas prices. It came down because of goods. So imported goods came down in price. Services did not, meaning housing got hit a little bit, but wages for housing work did not drop. Uh, labor, unemployment is still uh, not high enough for them. It's crazy, but that's what they want to do. And, and wage pressures are still higher. So the Fed was right for the wrong reason. So if you believe they know they're right for the wrong reason and they're, they have half a brain, then they're going to err to the sticky side of inflation because it's doing what they want, but not the way they want it done. So they're not going to lower rates and they're not going to stop raising. They're not going to stop raising until they break something. And that's when you buy silver. And that's when you buy stocks. <laughs> Excuse me. So, for example, Friday's higher than expected PCE number, PCE inflation, uh, confirmed what we saw in the week prior PPI. Prices are continuing to rise in the U.S. and that the rate of increase may not be receding as fast as we thought. So inflation was doing this and now it's doing that. So it's basing at a higher level. All fancy stuff aside, it's not going anywhere, right? I mean, it's, it's actually what I'm observing is I'm observing, I'm observing food inflation, and you'll feel this, food inflation is stable and reaccelerating. Housing might be crashing, I can't tell, uh, but let's just say it's, it's, it's weakening. People aren't getting fired at a fast enough pace for the Fed. And now energy is off the lows. So what happens if goods inflation reignites, uh, meaning energy and food, while the services inflation that they're bragging so much about people getting fired is not happening fast enough yet? They need people to get fired. 
And that's really what it comes down to. Either unemployment goes up or inflation comes down drastically and they'll keep doing what they're doing. Okay, so policymakers as a result, central bankers, I mean, uh, they've indicated that they are, for the most part, data dependent. Well, what data dependent? You know, They're dependent on the data that lags, not the data that leads. So they're only going to let it, they will stop hiking when inflation, they feel, is not being baked into the cake anymore. Which brings us to last week. So all these things happened last week. All the, the, the market started to realize that the narrative from uh, last two months wasn't working. It was full of it. It was full of it. So what happened was the dollar started to strengthen. Started to strengthen early in the week and started to strengthen because some news came out of Europe that, no surprise, they marked to market or they realized losses on uh, on ESG bonds. This is ridiculous. I had, the, I had the headline somewhere. It's around there somewhere. Just put, just Google um, Europe, uh, environmental bond losses and it'll come up like february 20th and 21st and that's when we put a chart up for that and that's when it started to happen february 20th the euro stopped getting trashed right and now it didn't stop immediately and go up but it started to move higher and then the, the u.s inflationary data came out and then by friday it was like crap the fed's not going to stop and so that's what that chart's telling you there and that's the week's activity for the dollar and you know what that means if that's what the dollar is going to do, that's what a lot of things are going to do. So what are we looking at here? We're looking at here is the dollar and its effect on silver. There's that rectangle again. That's where the euro stopped rallying and the dollar started to take off. And that's the move in silver. And then I saw this and I went, what the hell happened here? And I, I knew, but you know, rhetorically speaking, I know what happened. <clears throat> but here's what happened. Why did silver do so poorly? What, what, what made it uh, uh, get trashed? And the answer is, the answer is palladium. Palladium ruined it for everything, right? Look at it. That's, that's the daily palladium chart, folks. You know, and, and, and why I'm, I'm not giving you excuses for why silver did poorly. I'm giving you reasons. Metals got hybrid. Even copper started to break. So what you have is you have <clears throat> on the stock side, earnings are dropping, right? People aren't getting laid off fast enough. Inflation's not coming down enough. China's not reopening fast enough for everyone's taste. And Europe <clears throat> has basically said, uh, we're taking a lot of losses and we are in a recession. So that means sell everything. So that's your reason for the metal coming off. Now we'll get into, and I love this part, this is the part I love. Now we'll get to the CTAs. Right. Behold, the geniuses that are trend trading CTAs. No, let me shrink this a little tiny bit. Sorry about that. All right, I have them numbered, you'll notice. One, two, three, four. That's the order that CTAs get short metals in a war or crisis situation. They short palladium, and you can see how, let me see if I can get you know, an annotator here. Uh, yeah, there's my spotlighter. Look at this. CTAs love trending markets. They will start shorting palladium, one, two, three, 
And then down here, they're shorting at 50, 100. And palladium is making them money. Then they're going to move to platinum. And they're just starting on platinum. Okay? They're going to start selling platinum short. If palladium stays down, they're going to sell platinum next. They're just getting started in silver, folks. You can get a lot shorter in silver. Now, I don't think they're going to pile into silver like they have in the past because, in general, CTAs have been getting their asses handed to them. But you have to understand that we're not at the beginning of a retail buying cycle. We're at the beginning of a retail selling cycle. And the last thing that it will pile into would be gold because they used to pile into gold, but not as much because of the war. So why am I telling you this? Because I want you to be patient. And, and I mean patient as a macro trader. As a stacker, I'm patient. I'm about to buy more. But let's let's... Let me give you a little bit more on this, all right? Check this out. This is the same chart. Is it? It should be the same chart. This is the same chart. Here we go. Now, it's a little bit smaller, but I want you to uh, get an idea here. All right, so here we go. Same chart. Palladium, platinum, silver, and gold. Now expand your horizons. Why are they selling these things? Because they're morons. Now they make money, but they're trend chasing morons. They're all long stock. They're married to stock, you know, like a like a like a like a tick on a dog, and they they won't sell it, so they'll sell everything else. They sold palladium. They, they're going to sell platinum. They're going to sell silver. They are going to start selling gold. And here's what's going to happen. Oh, I don't have it here, but they're short crude. They're short heating oil now. They're long gasoline. But what they're not short enough of is the thing that's going to move the most lower. And that's stocks. Stocks are going to get hammered if this narrative continues. And they won't sell stocks until it's too late. So if you're trading this, you look at the market like this. I'm not going to buy silver until stocks puke. That's what you do. You wait for these, you know, wildebeest to, to, to be comfortably short everything and then say, oh crap, and they start to sell, they start to sell stocks. Now, is that guaranteed to happen? No, but it will, it will parallel it in, in, in many similar ways. So my comment to you as, as uh, comrades suffering in arms this these past couple of weeks is. This is the cycle. This is what happens. And, and look at copper. Why is copper relatively firm relative to the other metals? Well, because copper gets the reports written about it. Because copper is what they're buying in China first. When copper craps out, then you might see another wave of selling in silver. And then you start to nibble, then you start to buy. Okay, but as, 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 as fundamental, I talk trading, but I'm, I'm a fundamentalist as well. All right, so there's that. Stocks will do very poorly until something breaks down. That's what I'm saying. Stocks will do poorly. The Fed will keep raising until something breaks, which is why if you were looking for silver to go up, get it out of your head. It's not going to go up short term. And if it does go up short term, you're lucky. Remember last year, February was when the war started. We got lucky, right? It's not, 
Buy season is over. January, buy season, we've talked about that, right? February is historically a friendly month of precious metals, but not guaranteed. And you're witnessing it right now. You know, Powell is basically pissing, you know, in your, in your cornflakes. And that's what's going on right now. Okay, related news. So that's, that's what happened last week. Uh, related news. Commitment of trade reports are now coming out in a lagging fashion. Um, it's, it's, you know, that's a personal comment, but I'm going to put it up here. That's a travesty. And, and think about this. I mean, I, I think I threw a, a comment up on, on, on Twitter about it. Imagine you're a data company, right? The data division of the CFTC. And your job is to get the data to make sure people aren't manipulating markets, to make sure people's position limits are within the range, to make sure that the marketplace is not too lopsided. This is their fucking function, that the marketplace is not too lopsided so that the economy can be exposed to a rogue or poor player. You know, like if I had all the open interest in silver, whether I was right or wrong is irrelevant, you don't want to have too much market share in one player. Now imagine your data service gets hacked and you don't have a backup. You know, what do you do? What do I do when the battery on my calculator stops? You use your fucking fingers. You use pen and paper. You write it down. You have a backup system. How could they not have a backup system? Forget giving us the data because, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're the uh, plebs trying to get the data. Forget us. Forget us. Are you telling me they don't know who has what? Are you telling me that they don't have a way to know if positions are backed up or if positions are lopsided? Are you kidding me? That's your job. That's your job. Now, to say we have it and we're not giving it out until we fine-tune it, that's one thing, but they're not saying that. It would be nice if they said, we have the data, we want to parse it out, but all the things that ensure market integrity that the CFTC does are there. But they're not saying that. They're saying, it's delayed, we'll have it out. They may as well shut the shop down, and we'll just look at CTA reports now. Good. It's unconscionable. It's, it's irresponsible. It's other words that I won't say, but it's a disaster for market integrity. There, we're, we're just gifting market liquidity to the Shanghai exchange by doing that. Maybe that's what we want to do. Who knows? But they're idiots. And I can say this to you in, in personal, I'll give you a personal, very personal comment. I was investigated as a member of the, uh, of the, uh, of the COMEX uh, trading options. And they subpoenaed like a billion statements of mine. And they did that. And my statements were very thick. I had a lot, I did, I had the most market share in, uh, in, in precious metals options. And I was probably the top three largest volume trader in options uh, in energy on the floor. Well, off the floor, obviously, banks did more than me. Um, during this time frame. Uh, they accused me of, of shenanigans. And we'll, that's another conversation. But I sent them, not them, the exchange sent, they gave the exchange my statements. And, you know, we're talking about floor to ceiling, right? And the CFTC, someone on the inside told me, the CFTC got involved and they saw the stack of statements and they said, 
We're not going through that. You do that. Now think about that. The government agency doesn't want to get involved. They trust the people to police themselves. They don't do their job. They're not good at it. They're only good at it when there is a name to be taken down, when there is a trophy to be handed out. They're a disgrace. And you know who used to be heavily involved in the CFTC? Gensler. What is he running now? The SEC. What's happened? Crypto. Now that everybody's died in crypto, now they're going to come in and close the barn that the horses escaped. I mean, that's what they're going to do because they want that. Anyway, that's that's my rant. Okay, so other related news. Uh, uh, Gainesville Coins, I'm not sure how to say his last name, but I think it's John, Jan. Uh, uh, gold, China has more gold than we know. And, you know, he goes through some, something that we all suspected but he goes through some, I read some analysis and did some analysis five years ago. And my conclusion was they have about twice as much more, but he, you know, put a finer point on it. And uh, it's more than twice as much more by his calculations. But then again, I did it five years ago, but his, his stuff is very good. Uh, Paulson did an interview. Uh, Paulson, uh, he being of the, uh, the uh, housing hero, housing crash hero, and who bought gold. Well, he's long gold again. And he's been long it since 1750. Uh, I remember when he bought it and he hasn't sold it out yet. And he's doing interviews to that effect. I don't think he looks for anyone to hold his bags yet. Yeah. I think uh, uh, his comments on gold aside, uh, his comment on the economy and the market, I think is very significant. He basically says, uh, everything I just said to you about the Fed stuff, it's true, right? It's true. He says he thinks what's going to happen is Bonds are going to crap out and then stocks and then the Fed's going to have to ease again. His comment is he thinks you're going to start seeing bankruptcies. You're going to start seeing credit risks. And then you'll see instead of, you know, right now everyone's buying bonds and selling stocks, right? Generally speaking. But last week, bonds dipped. So interest rates are going up. Interest rates are, are crapping out. And I, I want to leave you with something that makes him right. This is very important and not on many people's radars, but it's on the smartest people's radars. And thankfully, I know one of the smartest people in the real estate industry. In California, uh, PIMCO announced a bankruptcy of one of the companies that they have managing real estate portfolios. And that's a big deal. It's like $1.7 billion. And that's a big deal, especially with a big name like PIMCO. Here's what's bigger about it. I, I checked with my, my buddy who's a, an executive at a, at a real estate uh, financing firm in, in Philadelphia area. And he said, he said, remember COVID-19 and what they did? I'm like, no. Well, the banks were given permission to not mark their defaults or, or forbearances or, or bankruptcies. They were, they were, you know, it's kind of like you didn't have to pay rent, you know, during that time. Well, people who weren't paying their mortgages, you know, or their, mortgage expense were given latitude. That's not an ending. That's one of the reasons, I kid you not, that is one of the reasons they kept extending the COVID-19 emergency because when you extend the COVID-19 emergency, you extend the easements that the banks were getting. And that is ending now. And it will end over the next six months. And you will see, you know, you will see bankruptcies. Uh, uh, that's what he said to me. And so if he's right, 
and Paulson is right, and Fed is and the Fed is hiking, you got to put these three things together. We're gonna have a washout if they're right. And when we have a washout, guys, it's gonna take silver with it. And I'm telling you, keep your powder dry. The dollar's gonna stay strong, I think, not go wood. The dollar's gonna stay strong. Keep earning money, don't get fired, keep your powder dry, and you're gonna have a dip to buy more physical. That's it. And that's what I'm telling you. At $24, I almost bought a brick. I'm going to buy a brick. I might buy it here. I might buy it lower, but I need to see something. I need to see stocks swoon. I need to see copper capitulate and then drag silver with it. I want to see that, but I'm pretty much close to being in the market. Another thing I look for is the EFP for buying. So that's it. Silver had a shit week, but that's price. Nothing has changed. Nothing's changed, guys. It's all the same. It's all the same. There's a war right now. The West is fighting a war with the East. And that means anything that the West touches that's financial and has futures will get suppressed by the West to bankrupt the East. The extent that they're successful, you will see our assets go down. Silver. They can't get gold down. That they actually can't get silver down anymore either. But these things are not, it's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. It's not going to happen tomorrow. And you don't see me scared. Unless they can come up with a way to synthesize these metals. You need to own them. That's it. Have a great week. And let's see what happens. Well, thank you, Vince. Appreciate your report as always. Great to get your perspective, especially on a week where we saw the silver price decline further and certainly people wondering what to make out of that and what to think going forward. So appreciate everything you shared there. Before we wrap up, would like to thank First Majestic Silver who brought us today's episode. First Majestic Silver did have their earnings out last week. They did have a loss on the quarter, and part of that comes down to what's been going on at Jared Canyon, where they have been ramping up their production there, although they did face a shutdown due to cold winter in the fourth quarter in northern Nevada. And Keith Newmeyer, who runs First Majestic, did have a comment on that, mentions that Jared Canyon all sustaining costs decreased in the fourth quarter by 14% compared to the previous quarter, but remained elevated due to the lower and expected production caused by severe cold weather conditions, which reduced the utilization of the processing plant, limited ore transportation, and created supply chain issues. Although over the past few months, many of the supply chain challenges have been successfully remedied, and we completed numerous plant improvements to winterize the facility to better withstand harsh winter seasons. So certainly something that they are addressing and will be a big step going forward as they attempt to bring down the all-in sustaining costs. So just wanted to pass that along. Again, if you'd like to see the full press release with the details of their earnings from the fourth quarter and throughout 2022, well, that link is in the description field below. Thanks as always for watching and we'll see you again tomorrow.